Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Glad you stopped by today. Summer is a time to adjust our schedules a little bit. Maybe take a vacation, plan a family reunion, float in the pool for a refreshing afternoon. A lot more time outside is usually on the summertime menu, of course. Now, speaking of being outside and family reunion, don't miss an event taking place this Saturday sponsored by the Church Developers Network. It's called The Bridge, Faith Family Reunion at Shelby Farms Park. This is a free event with a festival anticipating up to 5,000 plus people in attendance this Saturday, June 25th from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. Now, we encourage you to bring your lawn chairs, blankets, and cool, comfortable clothing because it's going to be hot. You know that. Stay a while and enjoy all what the event has to offer. There will be food trucks throughout the day for purchase. And I cannot overemphasize free, free, free live performances throughout the day, fun giveaways, state-of-the-art inflatables, a three-sided rock wall tower, yard games like the Giant Connect 4, the Cornhole Toss, free shuttle parking available there at Farm Road. There's also a prayer tent with community resources and opportunities. Everything for the event is free, as I mentioned. And there's a promotional code so you can enjoy Shelby Farms Park rental activities that include paddle boards, canoes, kayaks, bike rentals, and pedal boats. All free. Now, if you want more information, let me encourage you to reach out to Pastor Dan Henley. His email address is daniel.henley at agapemeanslove.org. Daniel.henley at agapemeanslove.org. Well, on today's Mid-South Viewpoint, I want to take you to an interview that I did with Stephen Lyles, the Director of Business Ministries at High Point Church. We'll talk about Stephen's faith journey, about his family, call into the ministry, and about the perfect cup of coffee in town. I'm looking forward to welcoming Stephen Lyles, who's the Director of Business Ministries at High Point Church in Memphis. Stephen, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Man, it's so great to be here. I'm doing really well. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. I guess you're uh, looking for punishment. You actually signed up to be on this show, okay? (laughs) Seriously, uh, recently had a, a pastor's event. You attended. We don't pay you to be on this program. You don't pay us to be on this program. This is just some time to get to know you, a little about your family, church ministry, how God has worked in your life. Thank you so much for being willing to be on the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. So a little bird told me that you are originally from Louisiana. Is that right? Yeah. So I spent most of my formative years, like uh, high school and uh, all that down there, middle school. And when you say down there, where's down there? So it's south central Louisiana. It's maybe 30 miles from the Gulf. Is that Homer? Uh, it's No, it's actually... Um, Probably not saying it. West of Homa. Homa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, is, is that the Cajun way to say it? No, that's, no. that's just how it's said. Yeah. <laughs> that's, just the, that's just the English way, okay? I uh, grew up in a little town called, or spent some time there in, in a little town called Franklin, Louisiana, and uh, just a, a great place, uh, you know, to grow up and. Yeah. Uh, south of I-10. It's it's really down there. Did you break your teeth on those beignets at the uh, French Quarters? Man, beignets are a fancy food that they sell in <laughs> New Orleans and that kind of thing. We you know we didn't we didn't get a lot of that where I lived. Uh, You're mainly eating alligator, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> we we ate our we ate our full of crawfish and, and shrimp and fish though. There's a lot of great seafood down there. What's the secret of cooking good crawfish? Uh, so for me, you have to put some salt in them. Uh, while they're still alive, because they're mud bugs, right? They, yeah, they yeah. live in the mud. Right. 
So you put salt in some water while they're there, and they spit up some of that mud. <laughs> okay. So you don't get that muddy taste when you, oh, when you boil them. That's yeah. an interesting tidbit there. Yeah. You know, I see these signs around, you know, crawfish, you yeah. know, in the area. I mean, yeah. should you buy crawfish from these stands, or would you? I mean, I wouldn't, but yeah. that's just me. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty picky about that, that type of food, though. So. And, and listen, if you are a Bot Radio Network listener and you sell crawfish, there's no <laughs> offense here. We just want to ask, a, you know, somebody from the heart of Louisiana. Yeah. So tell me about growing up there and uh, family life, your parents. Yeah. So uh, we we actually moved there from West Virginia, uh, and we spent a lot of time with my grandparents who were uh, in in Franklin. My grandfather was a commercial fisherman. Uh, he was retired from Exxon, and so we spent a lot of time, you know, with them and lived with them for a while. But uh, it was it was good to have that family close, and it was great to to kind of just live with them and experience that kind of family life with grandparents you know a lot of people don't get that today so it was great they really don't and i I cherish the opportunity as a grandparent to be close to my grandkids and be able to invest in them there was a program this morning on focus on the family a grandmother talking about her ministry in her grandchildren's lives and it's really a season because Mm -hmm. (laughs) kids they get to a certain age that's right not that they don't love grandma grandpa but you know they move on to other interests but there's really an opportunity to invest and be part of that discipling, nurturing part yeah. of that family. It's so very important. Absolutely. I remember uh, we we lived in a double-wide trailer with them, and so it was a family of five with a family of two, so seven people in this double-wide trailer, wow. which was pretty close quarters. But I remember my grandfather daily reading his Bible in his room, watching him get on his knees and pray, you know, uh, and seeing that commitment to God. And really, that really stuck wow. with me, yeah. you know. And so, uh, I, you know, as as I live life and you go through life and things happen and seasons happen, you go back to those times and you remember that commitment that you saw from from him uh, to, to God in you know, doing those things that would influence me later in life. So what was the point that when you heard the gospel— yeah. And you understood what Jesus paid for and did for you personally. When did that come about? So I was, this was West Virginia before we got to Louisiana. So I was probably, I don't know, 10 or somewhere in there, 10 or 11. And, you know, I had been through Sunday school and Bible school and all that stuff. and But really just felt God speaking to me um, in my heart saying, Hey, you know, Jesus died for you and um this sacrifice is is something that you you know, I'm giving you and it's as a, it's a gift just and, and it was kind of interesting music was a part of it because I was singing a song in front of the church and it felt like that that song just spoke to my heart even more so. So you were actually active involved in ministry yeah, but didn't have a relationship. Yeah, yeah, I was singing a song. Um, uh, I don't know if you remember the song. It only takes a spark to get oh, a fire going. Yeah, a long, long yeah. time ago. You, you want to sing it for us? <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it just did did it, it. It lit a spark in me, and uh, I accepted Jesus. Was baptized a short time later. That's where it began for me. It really began with seeing my grandfather. Yeah, but you know then. Uh, you know, then there's these seasons that happen, and 
find yourself coming back to God multiple times. Yes, and, yes. You know. On the flip side of that, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. My parents divorced when I was little, and there was yeah. really a lot of drama and emotional stress growing up. Sure. I, I remember, I, actually the other day I was just reflecting on those days when I remembered, um, it seemed like there was a big hole in my heart. I tried to fill it with everything, and nothing worked. You know, friendships, yeah. some things I'm not proud of. But when I heard the gospel, and really, the, as you mentioned, the Holy Spirit, there's a voice of the Holy Spirit that kind of quickened that to my heart, right. that this is real, this is true. And I saw my sinfulness before holy God. I thought, oh, my. And yeah. I finally understood for the first time what Christ did for me out of his love and grace. And that hole was filled, Stephen. Sure. And that's been many years ago. I was yeah. a teenager then. Yeah. I'm 60 now. Yeah. And I started just thinking, thank you, Lord, for being in my heart and being with me all these years. As you said, I haven't been faithful so many times. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and later in life, I, I would do, like you said, as a teenager, we do things we're not proud of and we, we saunter off away from God and um, that, that kind of thing. And it, it wasn't until um, I met a preacher uh, through dating a, a woman when I were young lady, when I was 18, I heard the gospel again, and I heard it in a different way. It affected me differently, and I, and I realized the sin that I had been living and uh, came back to him. And that was a formative season, a, a thing that changed me again and brought me even closer in a, in a closer relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, those those times that happen throughout your life, they're truly God seeking after you and pursuing you. Do you yeah. feel like God is continually reaching for you, yeah. continually seeking? Absolutely. It says he left the 99 for the one, right? Yeah, and it's so true, and especially when you've lived kind of the life I have in that way. You you get to those points and you go, wow, why couldn't I see that before? But he is so pursuing yeah. me, yeah. you know, yeah. coming after me. When did ministry start coming into focus that you said, I, I want to – yeah. And I feel that call. I mean, yes. it is a call, right? Yeah. So shortly after I turned 18 and uh, re- kind of rededicated my life to God, uh, I got married very short term time after that. I was 18 and got married and uh, within a couple of months was leading singing at the local at a local congregation in Alabama where I lived at the time and began wanting to teach class. And before long, within a year, I was preaching sermons in front of the, the church and uh, went to my, my wife at the time and said, I want to be a minister. And she said, no. <laughs> <laughs> she, I guess she had seen that growing up and didn't really want to yeah. do that. We've got bills to pay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She knew that that was a big deal. So uh, we, you know, we were faithful and did what we were supposed to do and as family, and I did not go to school at that time, but waited. And uh, I think that's what God was telling me. He said, you know, you need to wait. And so five years later, we had the discussion again, and I ended up going to Bible college and getting a Bible degree and um, becoming an associate and youth minister up the road in Covington, Tennessee. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a few few miles away from here. Yeah, I think it's so important that, especially when you're married, obviously couples are on the same page when it comes. We we were looking at going on the mission field, you know. Yeah. And we had talked about it while we were dating back in Bible college. Our life got busy. We had children and moving on in life. But then God brought us to a place where 
that came up again. Yeah. I want you to go. I had already kind of had a peace and, and felt this was where the Lord was leading. But Pam wasn't at the same place at that moment. But we just prayed. And I knew if he wasn't calling her, he wasn't calling me either. Right. Because this is a couple of things, you know. That's right. Yeah. And it wasn't long after. I mean, it was a very, very short period of time. You know, she said, God has really confirmed to me. You know, I'll go anywhere, even Africa. And she didn't want to go there. <laughs> and, and the mission group that we were going with, they called us and they said, hey, we think we need you in Swaziland in South Africa. <laughs> so, wow. And we didn't wind up going there. It was like three months before departure. They said, hey, we need to reassign you. You're going to Guam. <laughs> Yeah. So we went to a tropical island. So, But, you know, God has a way of um, giving us the desires of our heart, too, but taking us through those times, you know, sure. tenderly. Yeah. And, uh, so you met your wife where? So that was a family wedding. I met, I met her at a family wedding. That was my first wife. I've been divorced. You talked about doing things we don't want to do. Yeah. And yeah. I lived a life where I... Uh, was a youth minister and and associate minister for years and allowed Satan to do some damage to me and to my family and my marriage. And the result of that was uh, that that marriage ended. And talking about a season of life where you feel, um, people all the time feel this, that, that God's abandoned them or that things happened. And um, But the truth was is that I had allowed sin to seep in. And then, like God does, God pursues me again. I'm Byron Tyler, and you're listening to Stephen Lyles, Director of Business Ministries at High Point Church, on today's Mid-South Viewpoint. Let's take a short break and then continue our conversation with Stephen. Make plans to attend the Bridge Faith Family Reunion Saturday, June 25th at Shelby Farms Park, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Fun for the whole family. Inflatables, rock walls, entertainment, food trucks available, and more. Grab your lawn chairs, gather your family and friends, and join us for the free Faith Family Reunion at Shelby Farms Park, June 25th. Get more information at agapemeanslove.org or text REUNION to 474747. Glad you've tuned to Mid-South Viewpoint today as we continue our talk with Director of Business Ministries at High Point Church, Stephen Lyles. I told you at the beginning of the show, we'll discover where the perfect cup of coffee is in town. Let's find out now. The influence that your grandfather had watching him pray, watching him read scriptures, that's such a powerful thing. We don't realize how kids are, even as parents, obviously, our kids watch us, watch what we do, what we say. I like what Adrian Rogers said. You know, we need to teach our children about failure. You know, we're always pushing them towards success, but we need to teach them how to fail. And when we make mistakes as parents, a lot of times we just kind of cover it up. We need to go, hey, you know, I didn't speak very kindly to your mom today. I got my temper up and displayed some things that really wasn't good. I said some things that weren't good, and I just want to tell you how sorry I am, and I ask God to forgive me. I want to ask you to forgive me. You need to be real with your kids. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got two kids. I've got a 24-year-old. You've got a tw- you look yeah. like you're 25. Oh, man, I appreciate that. Uh, and I've got a 21-year-old. My 24-year-old is pregnant. 
she is expecting my first grandchild. It's You're going to be a grandfather. Cra- it's crazy. That's the highest calling in life, Stephen. Yeah. There's no higher calling. I mean, I love being a grandpa. They call yeah. me Poppy. Oh, cool. And we're not going to get into grandkids right now, but that's exciting, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we were talking about this title you have as Director of Business Ministries. Sure. I've never heard that position on church staff before. What is that all about? Yeah, so uh, we kind of break up the, the church organization into two separate categories. There's a ministry side and there's a business side. And so I am uh, in charge of a lot of the business side, so the accounting, the contributions, the paying the bills, like all that good stuff, as well as HR and some uh, legal advisement, things like that, that need to always be kind of on the top of mind when you're talking about business. And then on top of that, uh, we have a coffee shop at the church called The Hub. The Hub. Yeah, and I oversee that as well. You know, that's a powerful Ministry, it really is. It is. I was walking over at Shelby Farms the other day around the lake. I ran into this young couple. I have this hat that I wear when I'm walking, and I have a little. I got it at the hub. It's a little pin that says the hub on my hat. You know, yeah. and I got into this conversation with this couple. We we saw a beaver in, in the lake. I'd never seen a beaver at Shelby Farms, <laughs> but it, it initiated a conversation. The girl saw my hub pin. She said, oh, the hub. We love the hub. We go there. She said, you know, the only bad thing about it is they're not open on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I said, well, you know, there's an opportunity <laughs> to come and experience, you know, High Point Church on Sundays. That's right. We'd love yeah. for you to come. Yeah. But a lot of the Memphis community knows about the hub, and they know that there is no better coffee in the city than the hub. You guys have some good rankings for your coffee. Yeah, we, we absolutely love uh, what we've got over there. It is uh, it is a hidden gem uh, of Memphis, and a lot of people know about it. Uh, There's still people that walk in every day that's never been there before. So we're super proud of what we do. Uh, and, you know, we make coffee. Yeah, that's what we do. But it's more than that. It's coffee plus, you know. It's, it's coffee plus discipleship, and it's coffee plus relationships and the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation meet new people it's it's just a great space and i think it's also important Stephen, to point out that the, the proceeds from the coffee purchased at the hub is not just another way for the church to make money i think right. that's an important thing we talk about sure yeah we support three nonprofits out of our profits so 50 percent of all of our profits above expenses goes to the three nonprofits that we've chosen. So Osha's Refuge is one of those, Sukasa Ministries is one of those, and the Union Mission downtown. And so quarterly, we write them a check of our profits above expenses, uh, 50%, and and we send that to them. It's amazing that that even as we've like gone through this process of setting this up, um, people find out that we're doing that, and they come and they want to buy more coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's amazing. We we continue to break our own record of how much money we're giving away to those nonprofits, which is a, just a great thing. What have been some of the challenges doing that type of ministry inside the church? Yeah, it's tough because you you do have some people who just don't understand what we're doing, uh, and so they they question it a lot, or they want to. And you're closed on Sundays. Yeah, we're closed <laughs> on Sundays. Yeah, but you know what's interesting though is is we made the decision to close. Our, our pastor uh, will made the decision to close on Sundays, and we were afraid we're going to lose some revenue because of that. You know, and we didn't. 
Yeah. Like it made it up during the week somehow. Two, for those listening that love the Hub Coffee and don't like the fact that it's closed on Sunday, one of the advantages on Sunday morning, you get to still taste the Hub Coffee because in the uh, whatever those big things are that house the coffee, yeah. you serve Hub Coffee to your guests who come to church on Sundays. Well, we do. You get a free cup. So yeah. you can come and uh, get a free cup and listen to Listen to the lesson and worship with us, uh, visit with us. We're really excited about what the Hub has done. And from just from a business standpoint, it's been really great to kind of get in there and figure out what works and what doesn't work and what what we can do to make things happen and yeah. uh, make you know make as much as we can so that we can give away even that much more. You know, Stephen, churches have been really, uh, through the pandemic, and uh, has really stretched. Many churches have had to close the doors yeah. financially. I mean, it's tough trying to balance the ministry, isn't it? It is. It really is. Uh, and we've seen, you know, we've seen some of that, but, uh, you know, praise be to god that we haven't seen the level that we've had to close doors or even you know lay off staff or anything like that we, you know we we've had to tighten our belt a little bit like everybody else has but but it's been a, a blessing that god has continued to supply us with what we need accountability is a big word when it talks about finance yeah how do you keep yourself accountable so we actually uh, have a kind of open-door policy. If you want to know something about the finances, uh, we publish our audit yearly online as well as our quarterly uh, financial statements, uh, balance sheets, and P&Ls and all that stuff. So it's all there free and available, and yeah. anybody has a question, they can call me or yeah. text me yeah. or email me, and uh, we, I'll do my best to answer those things. If you had to try to work through creative ways of like supplies or things, because there is a supply chain situation now has it that is. affecting your church it has it absolutely yeah. has uh in a lot of different areas specifically at the hub it's been challenging to find products that we were selling or or having there um and so and we've seen some price increases as well so things like that happen and you just like you said you have to get creative yeah. and try and find some things that will replace those items now i know you're not using maxwell house coffee <laughs> Uh, or Folgers. So yeah. how do you determine, you know, which roast of coffee? Sure. Do you roast your own coffee there? We, we don't. We know that we're not in that business and somebody else can do a better job at that than we can. Yeah. So we we just find great coffees that are either local or, you know, all over the country. And uh, we try them out and what we like, we keep and yeah. we'll use. Yeah. Right now we're using Huckleberry, which is a great brand. Yeah. We've used Onyx in the past. Yes. You know, we've used some some different coffees. So we're always looking for a good coffee and uh, trying it out. And we've got a great staff that really know what they're doing. I want to tell you, listeners, right now, if you just want – I changed the way I drink coffee. I drink coffee only black now. For many years I had to have the cream, you know, and they're more cream than coffee usually. But now it's totally black. Acquired taste for it. But if you want some of the nicest tasting coffee from their drip, yeah. black coffee, it is incredible. It is so good. You yeah, know? we're well, like I said, we're super proud. We've got a great team uh, manager named Peter, who's just an amazing guy that yeah. knows what he's doing and knows how to how to run a, a shop. And uh, we're just really proud to have him and the entire staff. You know, we're great. So, what brought you to High Point originally? How did you come to Memphis? Well, uh, you said about being in Covington last week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I moved to Memphis about five years ago, was working uh, in banking, actually, downtown, and then met uh, a young lady, and we got married. You know, long story short, got married, and I was praying about 
needing to be back in ministry, wanting to be back in ministry, and met a guy that, you know, I just thought maybe he had some pull and or knew some people, and it turns out that he knew Jim Pritchard at High Point, and he hooked me up with High Point, and and I was looking for a cross section of both ministry and finance. Here it was. This director of business ministries position well, was what they were looking for. Yeah, that's what brought me to High Point. What a great fit! Yeah, it's it, it's wonderful, and and you know, you I, I see God all throughout that God yeah. working behind the scenes, God making things happen so that he could get me to a position where I could be back in ministry and still use some of my finance knowledge and some of my banking knowledge. What is it like to see God restore and God to renew? Byron, if anybody could talk about this kind of restoring redemption, you know, story, it's me. Um, you know, all through my life he's done this, but specifically for me to have been in a situation where, I, you know, I'd made a bunch of mistakes and my marriage ended. And, and then to know that he never left me, to know that he had always been there, always pursuing always wanting me back uh man I, you you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise <laughs> nobody will you know uh because i know what he's done and i know where he's brought me and it's it is the story of the gospel it is exactly what the gospel is uh that he brought me back he went after me he left the 99 like you said last week and he and he pursued me and um, it's just a beautiful story. The gospel is a beautiful story. His finished work is a beautiful story, yeah. and it's something that I've dedicated my life to try and live and to try and teach. We get to do that through great things like the Hub, and even being a director of business ministries. Yeah. What you know, all that. So, well, uh, also want to mention the pastor, of course, at High Point is Will Franco. The teaching is uh, straight from God's Word. Absolutely. When you look at the gospel, right the pureness and the power of the gospel to change our lives. You know, we get busy with programs and projects, but it's about Jesus. Yeah, that's the one thing I love about Pastor Will and and what he's been able to do at High Point since he's been there three years coming up in September. And it is that you get the gospel every week. You're reminded every week of what is important, and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the finished work of the Trinity. It's yeah. it's amazing to be able to be reminded every week, and we need it. Yes. we. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and I said, you know, it is a gospel done, not a gospel do. That's right. And he and said, where did you get that? I love that, you know? I said, Will Franco gave it to me. <laughs> well, anyway, listen, thank you so much, Stephen, for stopping by. It's been great. Thank you for what you're allowing Christ to do through you for his kingdom, for his glory. Yeah. Thanks for sharing with us. Thank you. I appreciate you being here, man. You gave an email address if somebody wanted to contact you. Yeah. Stephen.Lyles at highpointmemphis.com. And that's Lyles, L-I-L-E-S. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, friends, that's all the time we have. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.